0: So tonight we're going to hear about how God has helped someone in our midst to become more and more who he should be. Uh, I hope that he's setting the world on fire. He hopes so, too. I met—well, do you? You looked a little skeptical. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, met, uh, I met Randy uh, seven years ago, and uh, I met him overseas in Australia. Uh, on World Youth Day. And um, God was doing a lot in his life at that time, and continues to do a lot in his life today. Uh, he's from Spearfish. I'll let him to introduce himself, tell you a little about himself. So please welcome Randy Vetti.
1: Good evening. Thank you for coming. Uh, as Susan said, my name is Randy Vetti. Um, she mentioned I'm from Spearfish originally. And I'm just here to share uh, some of the great things that God has given me uh, so far, which is um, surprising when I look back at it, how much he's given me, because he has given me a lot. Uh, but there's one, one particular time in my life that I want to focus on uh, where God gave me a lot of confidence and trust in him. And it's a, a testimony that you might not hear as often. Uh, usually you hear guys give their, their testimony of how they discerned into seminary. Uh, but I'm going to share a little bit of how I discerned out of seminary. Um, and it's, uh, there's a variety of reactions uh, when you tell people you're discerning out of seminary. I remember I called Father Brian Christensen, who was the vocation director that brought me in, and I think I caught him off guard a little bit. He's like, what? How why did why, how'd you come to that decision? What, what brought you to that? And I was, I was glad that he asked, and I was looking forward to more people asking how I came to that decision because it was a, it was a powerful movement in my life, and that's, that's why I want to share it, is because I was, I was just overflowing with peace and gratitude and confidence at the clarity that God had given me in prayer. So I'm going to build up to that first real quick. So God's given me a lot. First of all, a Catholic family. Grew up in a Catholic family, which is a tremendous grace. I can't thank God enough for that. Um, pretty normal childhood, which was good. Uh, really, it was uh, sophomore year of high school that I kind of opened my eyes for the first time uh, in a more conscious way to the faith and, you know, my relationship with God. It was at a totus tuus boys camp, vocations camp, um, and that was uh, a great experience with confession and a great experience with adoration, and also the first time that the idea of priesthood uh, was placed on my mind. I heard the testimony from uh, Father Jonathan Dillon, who was a seminarian at the time, and when he said there was a nagging voice that God might be calling him to be a priest, that nagging voice started for me. So I was like, thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> but, but that was good. It was good because um, it made me start to think about it. Uh, junior year of high school, or I should say the summer before my senior year of high school, I got to go to Australia uh, for World Youth Day, which is where I met Susan. And that was another instance, too, just being in a Catholic community and having the idea of priesthood kind of forced upon me again uh, in, that, in that moment. Actually, there was one mo- moment in adoration where uh, then uh, Deacon Tyler... <laughs> Uh, He was behind me, and he very bluntly said, God spoke to me in prayer. You're called to the priesthood. I just walked away. I didn't even respond. I was just like, I just kind of ignored him. "Eh, Okay, what am I supposed to do with that? Um, But it was good, again, because it it forced me to pray. It forced me to discern, to think about it, uh, to take it more seriously and not just ignore something that was there. Um, But I was pretty good at that, so I kind of just went back to everyday life. Uh, I went to Creighton University after I graduated high school, and I went to a focused national conference uh, over Christmas break uh, in the middle of my freshman year, and that was really kind of my conversion moment. I was kind of down in the dumps from that first semester of college. I had a pretty rough start, um, but then there was a huge, just huge turnaround in that moment, especially because of Eucharistic adoration. I was... Uh, I was in adoration as the ball dropped. This conference was over New Year's, so as it turned from 2009 to 2010, uh, I was in front of Jesus in the Eucharist, just kind of like begging for help, like throw me a bone here. I have no idea what I'm doing or where I'm going or what I should do with my life. Um, and he did. He helped me out. He, uh, he picked me up and gave me a lot of clarity. Uh, I was at Creighton for two more semesters, and then in the middle of my sophomore year, I transferred into seminary. So that was when I joined seminary. I went to Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary in Winona, Minnesota um, with the help of Father Brian, who was the vocations director um, at that time. And seminary was uh, an incredibly powerful informative time for me. Uh, I, I got adoration five out of seven days a week, mass every single day, spiritual direction every other week, great classes, great brothers around me. Um, and so it was. It was really powerful. The first semester, which was a spring semester of my sophomore year, was just kind of laying the groundwork. I just getting up on my feet in my prayer life, uh, being more regular, more consistent with that. So that was good. And then uh, it was the summer after that, before my junior year, uh, that things started to <laughs> to switch back again. Um, it was it was during that time that marriage became a more attractive vocation to me uh, at that time. So that that started to uh, have a, a pull on my heart. I went back to junior year, um, went back to seminary junior year, and continued to pray and discern. Um, junior year was a little dry. Uh, I don't know if I was praying as well as I could have, um, but I just kept going. I just kept going, and I learned a lot in my in my weakness in that year. Then the next summer, uh, we had a seminarian retreat for our diocese, and we went through a... A document called Ecclesial Discernment Within the Heart of the Church, which um, was kind of scary at first because it gives a lot of authority and weight to what the church says about your vocation. And really, it enabled me to discern properly, to discern with the church, that I was going through this process of um, the church affirming me in this path that I'm on, um, and then the, the relationship that I have with the church, so with the bishop and the vocation director and the rector at the seminary. Um, and the, and my spiritual director um, all those voices that are you know helping me discern and decide where god is calling me and still up until this point i just hadn't quite clicked yet just that that personal identity of i am going to be a priest it just wasn't there i loved everything else i loved the classes i loved spiritual direction i loved mass adoration the works Everything was there except for this personal call this personal zeal and desire uh, to become a priest so it was it was difficult in that way to keep going um, but because of that retreat the summer before my senior year I just decided to trust the church I said okay this is this is it this is senior year uh, this is kind of a, a pretty big decision now if I continue on to theology school four more years of theology Um I should be I should be sure and I should be committed and the church is continuing to affirm me. Everyone I know is saying, "Yeah, you'd be a great candidate. Keep going." So, I'm going to keep going. And I it's not perfectly clear to me and I don't necessarily want it. I don't necessarily want the end goal. I wanted the theology school and I wanted everything else, but the end wasn't the desire wasn't quite there. But the church says go, so I'm going to go. So, if nothing nothing changes then nothing changes i'm gonna keep going well something changed so uh, i went through first semester of senior year and then we did our annual retreat uh, right when we get back from christmas break and uh, things were a little different this year we had a new rector uh, so the juniors and seniors the upperclassmen went to Broomtree retreat center in south dakota in irene south dakota and six days of silence will clarify a lot of things. Let's just put it that way. Um, so we get there Saturday night, start Saturday night and leave the next Saturday morning. And it was, it was in this retreat. It was like, I, it's hard to, it's hard to explain because it was the most prayerful, peaceful time of my life so far. Um, and this is, yeah, this is really where I want to focus because this is a, a tremendous amount of grace that just exploded from this retreat. Um, So fair warning, it's going to get a little crazy at first. (laughs) So Saturday night, we get there. First holy hour, right off the bat, sit down. The Eucharist is exposed in adoration. Everybody's in there. I think I'm in the front row, first or second row. And I settle in, and I'm just kind of, you know, trying to calm down, settle in, open up, just surrender, let God take control. And as I'm doing this, the image comes to my mind of a kangaroo standing right there in front of the altar. <laughs> it's, I thought, I thought, well, this is obviously a distraction. This is really weird, <laughs> completely random, out of left field. Not, I have no idea where that came from. So I'm just going to push that out of my mind, get back to actually praying. And this time, <laughs> the kangaroo was right in front of me. And He was like getting up in my grill. He was like, like getting in my face, and and it was like this, this urging, this urging to just like no, kangaroo, think about it, and so I was like, I forgot to take my meds this morning or something. <laughs> this is weird. This is like really crazy, <clears throat> and and so I just like, okay, it kind of feels like there's something here with this completely random image of a kangaroo, so. <clears throat> I go with it for a little bit, and I picture myself as the baby kangaroo, the Joey, in the pouch. And, and that was where it, it kind of clicked. Like, don't, don't worry, there's a the real message. It gets, it gets profound here. Um, but it was just like a message of even if I'm all the way in, my head's in the dark, and I can't see what's going on, he still has me. Like, I'm still... With him, like God is carrying me through this, and that was kind of the message he wanted me to start off the retreat with. I'm sure uh, was that whether I can understand or not what's happening, God's got me. So whatever happens at this retreat, it's Him. It's Him. Which twofold message that, and then also that God's going to talk to me however the heck He wants. If He wants to use a kangaroo, He's going to use a kangaroo. <laughs> um. So yeah, it was weird. It was crazy, but but it was kind of the start that I needed. Uh, to this retreat because it was it was kind of funny and it was lighthearted, um, but there was also that message too that God has me and at, during this time don't have to worry about anything, um, even if I can't see where we're going. Uh, so the rest of this retreat, uh, well, it was kind of all over the place. Um, actually, it was sometimes it was peaceful, but there were some holy hours where it was just brutal. Like it was just emotions were coming out of me that I had buried and it was excruciating at a few points. Um, but I, I needed it, and it brought me to a deeper, a deeper peace that I hadn't been to before. And so he just kept bringing me deeper and deeper in this silence, and I could hear him just more clearly. I just heard his voice, and it was during during the silence that these two desires that I had—one desire to stay in seminary, and one desire to discern out to leave seminary—the um, the desire for marriage and the desire to pursue marriage just stayed. It was just a substantial desire that stayed there. And it, it became abundantly clear that God was giving me that desire. And the the desire to stay in seminary, I just kinda saw it for what it was, was a lot of pride, uh, that, you know, I I wanna show everybody how awesome and holy I am, and a lot of fear of how am I gonna survive in the real world, how am I gonna be holy if I'm not, if I'm not a priest, um, that, that just kind of faded away in the silence. It just, it just kind of dissipated. And so by the end of this retreat, I was like 99% sure. Okay. Yeah. I think that was like, that was the change that I was waiting for the clarity uh, that I needed to see that. Yeah. God, God really is calling me to marriage. And, um, I wasn't. I, luckily, I had my regular spiritual director during this retreat, so I didn't have to catch him up to speed or anything, and so he was right there the whole time, which was really helpful. Because then we we get back to uh, IHM after this retreat, and I continue to pray and discern, and I still hadn't. I mean, I had I had kind of this interior certainty, but I hadn't really made the decision yet to tell people, like to tell the bishop and the vocation director and the rector of the seminary, um, that yeah, I need, to, I need to make this decision. And it was hard for me to kind of own that because I kind of liked people just telling me what to do because I just just obeyed and it was, it was easier. Um, but this one I had to own because Christ had been abundantly clear with me. So this was the final final straw that just kind of made it all click. <clears throat> it was the first Sunday Mass at the seminary uh, after this silent retreat and So I'm still receptive, still open Still feeling pretty good in prayer And so we get, we're going through mass The gospel, the homily And then the priest sits down And then there's just a, a pause Just kind of a moment of silence to reflect uh, Before the intercessions And during this silence I'm sitting there And I have Christ gives me this image He, uh, he sits down next to me In the pew And he puts his arm around me and he holds up this big chalice of wine up to my lips and starts tipping, and so I'm drinking, and he keeps tipping, and I keep drinking, and he just keeps going, and so I, I just like <laughs> the image that Christ gives me is just to to drink, to chug, really this this whole chalice of wine. And my first reaction is, Jesus, what are you doing? Like, ho- like, hold off. Well, like, he's he's up a little bit. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna get drunk if I just drink wine all day like I can't just pound this thing um, and his response was relax like this is what I'm giving to you like I want you to drink deep I want you to delight in this delight in what I'm giving you like don't be afraid of it don't hesitate so much just joyfully receive what I'm giving you and delight in it and that was uh, especially associated with this desire for marriage that he had given me um, so I was like okay, That was pretty cool. It was a good image. We stand up for the intercessions and uh, sometimes I'm not 100% focused and so my mind was kind of wandering a little bit during the intercessions and but at some point I just snapped to attention right when the next intercession started, just snapped to attention and those words were just burned into my mind. I kind of felt like I got slapped in the face and that the intercession that was read right then after this image that I had in prayer was for married couples that they may know Christ's presence and drink deeply from the God-given wine of delight and my face got really really red <laughs> i was a, i was afraid i was afraid someone was going to look over at me and know exactly what i was thinking because in that moment it was like okay okay i I can't fight with that anymore, like God has made it abundantly clear, and he's given me this confidence and this peace, and so it was in that moment, right when that happened that I had to make the decision like okay yes i I know that this is where God is calling me, and I'm going to tell uh, my spiritual director first of all, and then i'm going to tell the rector and my bishop and my vocation director and and then I took the rest of the semester uh, to to go through this process of uh, communicating with them and uh, the best way to do it. I even seemed like I left the door open a little bit, like for someone to just tell me what to do. Like if the bishop, like the bishop's got all the authority. So if he would have said, I think you're wrong, go to theology school, I probably would have done it. <laughs> I Because Yeah, it was it was still just kind of difficult for me to to own that. And it was one of the harder things I've done to just own that and admit that in the face of everybody else saying, yeah, you'd be a good candidate. Continue on. Keep going. We, we think you'll be a great priest. Um, but Christ, making it very clear where he was leading me, where he was calling me. Um, and so, I, yeah, I took the rest of that semester to discern now and then. Uh, it was uh, at the end of that semester right before I graduated uh, with a degree in philosophy that I was calling uh, friends and family and priests and letting them know that I was discontinuing. And that was then that I heard of an open job at at St. Therese, so I've been the, the coordinator of youth ministry at St. Therese for the last two years since then. Uh, so there's been a lot of grace since then as well. Uh, on Monday, in just a few days, I'm leaving to go back to Broomtree for eight days of silence. So this is fantastic timing. So I'm, I'm very eager, looking forward to this, this eight-day silent retreat at Broomtree again, because I'm sure that... God will continue to provide the grace and the clarity and the peace and the, the intimacy, really, the intimacy with him that, that I desire, that I long for. Uh, so please keep me in your prayers. On that retreat, I'll pray for you, and thanks again for coming.
0: Thanks, Randy. Thanks uh, to all of you for being here. You can hear this and all of the podcasts at theflamerc.com uh, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so go check out the website uh, and, uh, and check out these, and then come back and join us next month. Uh, really-